and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode, with technologies increasing on farms every year, I'm joined by John Heslin, MSD, Market Access and Marketing Manager and part-time beef farmer to get an insight into technologies that are worth considering on beef farms in advance of calving and breeding season. John, you're very welcome. Can you talk me through your farming system? I'm farming in partnership with my father. We're on. Uh, we're farming about 100 acres of owned and rented land. Uh, we're both part time, so that uh, has plenty of challenges, of course, in, in terms of time. Uh, we've got 32 suckler cows. That's what we're, we're due to have uh, this February, um, and we bring those calves through to to beef or store, depending on the animal and, and how things are going. Uh, we also contract rear a number of heifers. We started that last year, so. We're going into our second year of contract rearing and really just trying to maximize the output of the farm. Um, and we got on quite well with the, with the contract rearing in, in year one. So hopefully we, we can continue that. Um, I listened to last week's podcast with Ronan Delaney, which was, which was excellent. Uh, Ronan's a, a great advocate of, of Irish beef. And, you know, we try and do quite a similar uh, approach here, we'll say, in terms of we'd like to try and keep it simple, um, but, but efficient. I, I've mentioned the part-time nature. Uh, but also I, I play quite a bit of football. So we plan our calving and our, uh, our management around a lot of various different things. Um, so we've mentioned work and, and football, but also uh, the, the outside life that you have to live as well. Um, very much a, a family farm in the sense that, uh, as I said, in a partnership with, with my father for the last number of years in, a, in an official capacity anyway. Um, but obviously my, my sister's uh, step in when, when needed uh, in, in my place that could, uh, Bridgie in particular could be often doing some of the some of the jobs of dad if I'm training or if I'm on the way to a match or things like that. Uh, my own my own partner then does a lot of feeding with me, so it's very much a, a nice family approach. And I have a niece and nephew that her that are very much on the scene now. Uh, young little nephew just got a a tractor for Christmas, a little toy tractor. Very very young, of course. We have to adhere to farm safety, but. He certainly feels like he'll be uh, be helping out in, in, in the next short little while. So that's our farming system, Catherine. And I said very much trying to, to keep it simple. Great, John. And the fact that you're both working off farm and it's coming up on a busy period with cows calving. How has technology enabled you to manage labour on the farm? Yeah, I suppose for us, technology really is a must. And of course, I am I am a little bit biased in the sense that uh, the company I work with, we, we are involved in a lot of different technology of late. But um for us, as I mentioned there, from a part-time nature um, and also our, our various different commitments off-farm, technology really helps us, but it's, it's, we're, we're extremely thankful for it. You know, the first, first major kit or piece of technology we got on-farm was the calving camera. And I suppose it really revolutionized our approach to calving. Um, and at the time, I was actually living in Dublin, and I could be, <laughs> my father would be in work, and I could be watching a calving unfold um in dublin or on the you know at a meeting or different well obviously not during the meeting but you know you'd be paying attention to it in, in that sense and we could see if there was any difficulties occurring or we'd, ha- we'd obviously have to have someone nearby then if my father was at work um to come in and intervene if possible but we'd obviously we'd be trying to pick the bulls in, in such a manner but as we all know in the farming world that it never always goes to plan but calving camera was the main piece of, of kit to help us uh, from a technology perspective and then um, obviously the technology that's in vaccines so there's a lot of a lot of talk around uh, vaccination of late with, with COVID of course but you know vaccines are a technology and we'd, we'd use 
quite a number of vaccines in, in our cows and indeed our, our calves to prevent, we'll say, calf scour, calf pneumonia, um, and IBR, because we don't really have the time to be dealing with sick animals. But also, there's the animal welfare piece, and we don't like to see sick animals, of course, and the whole efficiency and ensuring that they reach their weight targets and, and overall production targets. So we, we would have found that, you know, we're, we're just about to vaccinate our cows um, against, uh, or we'll, we'll say with a calf scour vaccine that will boost their colostrum for the calf. So when the calf suckles that, that first milk, that they'll, they'll receive antibodies against uh, E. coli, rotavirus, and coronavirus. And, you know, that'll help us uh, in, in terms of time and labor, uh, hopefully reducing the number of sick calves or, or, or limiting or, or null and void, shall we say, that we don't want to get any. Um, so that would be a, a key technology. And then, of course, uh, Sensob, which the, the company I'm working with, MSD Animal Health, would uh, would currently sell. We, we purchased Sensob um, last year. It was the first year we used it. Um, and what Sensob is, it's a, it's a heat and health monitoring tool for, for animals. So we would have um, an ear tag, or a neck collar, and it monitors the movements of, of the cows. And basically, we put that on our cows last, just before the breeding season. So we started breeding on the 1st of May. So about two weeks before breeding, we put the system on. Um, I'm sure my Twitter would give you more of an accurate day because I definitely documented it, but uh, I can't remember the day offhand. But uh, we, we put that on, the, the system got used to the animals and essentially it, it was monitoring um, We'll say the movements of the animal, the, the overall activity, the eating and the rumination. And, and from that, it can provide heat alerts and, and health alerts. Um, so that was another key piece of technology that, that we, we installed on farm and very, very much uh, helped the, the labour input on farm from heat detection and, and indeed health perspective. I suppose the fact you're using 100% AI and it's so difficult to detect cows in heat has been a big factor in being so successful with AI on the farm. Yeah, so um, we would have traditionally, so I, I must mention as well that I, I am a previous uh, Chagas employee, of course, I spent some time in the, the Derry Patrick herd and also did my PhD in Chagas Grange and my PhD in Grange was around uh, heifer puberty. So I had about 400 odd heifers go through my hands with, with a lot of help in Grange, um, but I spent a lot of time doing heat detection, literally standing in the field recording uh, heat events of heifers. And I had to take a lot of blood samples to, to coincide with that to identify the correct uh, age of puberty, we'll say. So it's quite uh, ironic that now I'm involved in a company that's, uh, that's selling a heat detection system. If I had that heat detection system during my PhD, it certainly would have helped and it wouldn't, uh, I might have finished it a little bit earlier than I did. But, um, I, you know, in practice on our farm, um, the, where the suckler cows are during the summer, it's actually on an out farm. So um, obviously, from a, both of us are working, father lives on the farm. For him to come home from work and then go out to do heat detection, there, there's quite a labour input in that. Um, and in truth, when we installed the system in 2021, father, my father didn't trust the system, of course. You know, that, that technology uh, adoption or adaptation, it takes a little, little while. So for the first four or five cows, it was nearly a competition between my father and the system as to who would detect the animal in, in heat first. So I'd often get a phone call to say, that animal's going to come in heat now. You'll get an alert. Um, so be ready for that, you know. So uh, eventually, anyway, after I think it was the fifth animal, the father, you know, he said, I wouldn't have got that animal only for the system. Um, so, you know, it really helped us detect uh, a number of different cows, but obviously that labor input, like, you know, the, the, the recommendation is to do heat detection uh, for three or four times a day for, you know, 20 to 30 minutes at each time. 
Um, so I can run back to Grange and I had uh, six to eight different groups of animals and doing 20 to 30 minutes of heat detection at a time. You can see why there was, there was plenty of help required. But look, we went, uh, we, we originally were 100% AI, as I said, back when I was in, in Grange, I was living at home and we we're 100% AI. I moved away from the farm. We did get a bull at the time, a great bull. Um, then we actually ended up selling him last year. And just luckily enough, it coincided with getting the sense of system because we were bringing heifers from that bull back into the herd. And we made a decision uh, to, to purchase SenseUp to help with our uh, heat detection. And it enabled us to, you know, as, as we all know, in terms of best practice, matching that bull, the, the correct bull with the cow. Um, so it's been, it's been a, you know, a huge saving from that aspect of it. And it's because it's given you, it's recording uh, movements of the animal every minute of the day. But, you know, you're not there. You're only doing your, your 20 and 30 minutes. And in truth, when you're working, you're really only getting the morning and the evening um, to, to have a look. Um, if you know, again, that takes a lot of effort. So SenseHub is monitoring every minute of the day and sending information back to the controller. So it's a Wi-Fi based system. Um, and the controller will say would be above a shed in the yard. And where we're grazing our animals, it's, it's in a bit of a U shape. So we actually just kind of, we have it on a pole that we can twist the controller to face the cows um, so that the cows are always in range. And there's one particular paddock where the cows weren't in range. We just, we actually moved the drinker so that they have to come to that drinker during the day that they're in that paddock and the information sends straight back to the controller. And what it does then, it gives you an alert on your phone or a text message. So we have the system set up to give, give me a notification and my father a text message because uh, notifications now wouldn't be too common on his phone, nor would they be heard too much, but he'll, he'll, he'll look at a text message. So the both of us get it and it, it allows us, so it'll give you, you have a 24 hour, 24 to 26 hour countdown. And there's a window in between of a 15-hour breeding window when the most optimum time for AI. So it allows us to plan, you know, you'll know that evening or whether she's going to be on for the following morning. And um, so really around work and football and things like that, it really helps for, for our breeding. And from a cost point of view, John, what does the system cost? Yeah, so Catherine, you'll be, you're probably asking the question that nearly everyone on the call is probably thinking in, in terms of how much it costs. And I suppose, of course, you know, that's that's obviously the way everything has to be viewed. And I, I even go back to the calving camera. That was when we were installing the calving camera, we, we would have had that same viewpoint. Well, what does it cost? And at the time, you know, we were like, okay, this is an investment. And any investment in truth on a beef farm is is costly because we all know that, you know, there's not there's not loads of money floating around. The cash flow can be quite challenging. And that first year we installed the calving camera, we I had a heifer and I had her in calf to zag at the time. And I'll never forget, it was the most nail-biting uh, TV, if you like, that I ever watched, because I was watching on the phone, because I was away from the farm, and my father was home uh, pulling the calf from, from the heifer. And, you know, there, there was actually a, a period of time where the internet stalled, and if you ever wanted, didn't want your internet to stall, it's during calving, um, especially to a, with a first calver. But didn't, he, he got her out, cow up. And everything went fine. And for us, that was that was the calving camera paid 10 times over. With, with SenseHub, the initial um, investment, what I viewed, I actually did the sums on it there. For my 32 cows, SenseHub was basically the cost of a win per year. And the reason I, I, I say it like that is because I actually lost a bullock on Stevens's day. Um, now, obviously, I didn't actually have SenseHub on the bullock. Um, we are coming with a, with a finishing uh system for beef where you can have sense of on, on the finishing animals but i didn't have it on this bullock and actually to be honest and i had covid at the time and of course i was able to, to go out to farm to feed the animals but it was a little bit under the weather that morning and i saw the animal was 
you know, a little bit bloated. And I said, well, I, I'm sick here and the animal's sick. And I said, look, that animal, he'll be okay. He'll be okay in the morning. But little did I know that he, he might have been blocked for, uh, you know, maybe, well, I'd seen the next, the previous morning. So it could have been 24 hours that uh, he was blocked because I, you're only looking at them really that one time during the day. Um, so I lost that bullock and I, was, uh, I genuinely was kicking myself after the course. No one likes losing animals. Um, but had I had sense of on that animal, I would have actually been able to see exactly when the rumination stopped because it's monitoring the movements of the animal, monitoring the behaviors of the animal every minute of the day. So if, as, as I said, if, for example, if it was on one of my cows or one of my female animals, I would have been able to say, well, that animal hasn't been ruminating properly, we'll say, for the last 18 hours. I really need to intervene. And I'm sure there's plenty of, plenty of people listening there that would have been in a similar situation where they see an animal that's you know not too bad, maybe coming for a bit of a feed. Not, I give them a little bit of time. I don't want to intervene when there, where there doesn't need to be. But it, look, it was, a, it was a lesson for us at that particular time. But it's about, we'll say, for the tag, you're talking in the range of 70 to 120 euro uh, for the tag or the collar, depending on the system you pick. Um, we, we have a heat and health system, Catherine. So not only does it give you heat alerts, but it gives you health alerts. And I would have had, I would have received four different health alerts, if not five different health alerts throughout 2021. And we'd have, we'd have, you know, a good healthy herd as we'd like to think. And, you know, that animal that we lost was actually, we only lost two animals all of 2021. Um, so less than 1% mortality. Um, uh, so, you know, you, you kind of try and take the positives out of that. But we, we would have had four or five different uh, different health alerts. There was one particular heifer that stood out to me that I was on the way home to uh, synchronize the contract rearing heifers with, say, the dairy stock. And I got uh, a notification for the out farm to say that there's a sick heifer. And, and I went straight to the out farm then to, to see what was wrong. Only for I got that alert, I mightn't have actually been to the farm that day because we were, we were so busy with the synchronization, or at least I might have been there that evening. So I went out and I brought in, I went out to look at them and I ended up bringing them in. And she looked fine, to be honest. Like she, she was a typical animal. And uh, in hindsight, now I mightn't say this again, but uh, she was a typical animal. She, well, she, she looks okay. She's feeding a bit there. I'll see how she gets on. But I brought her in and she had a temperature of 40 degrees and we treat her with anti er, anti-inflammatories and some pain relief. And only for the system told me that she was off form, I mightn't have just acted as quickly. And that particular animal ended up cycling the next week. So it was, it was just around the start of May, um, end of April, start of May, I think it was when I was doing the synchronization. And she cycled the next week. But the, the key point there is if I had left her and it took her a couple of days to, to fight whatever she was fighting herself, she might have missed that first breeding target and then pushed her back out of the system when she was to receive her first AI. So we, we breed here 15 months um, to calve down to 24 months of age. And if she had missed that and pushed her back out later into the calving season, the following year, it would obviously with, with uh, heifers, it takes them longer to cycle again after their first calving or first calver, should I say, that she might have fallen out of the system down the line. So that that particular health alert for me, I think, was was very um, advantageous from a, a whole production perspective, and definitely, you know, from a, a labor input then for your heat detection, it's you know it's often a, a challenge for us to put the to put some money on our own time. But in terms of saving from a, a heat detection perspective, Sensor would have would have paid for itself in year one alone because we we bred for ten weeks in. Uh, 
in 2021, bred for 20, 10, 10 weeks, put 33 animals to AI and 32 of them were in calf after the 10 weeks um, with, with one set of twins we scanned as well. So we're looking forward to that. So we've, we're, at the minute, we're expecting 33 calves from our 32 cows. So it's really, you know, it's really beneficial for us in, in 2021 for sure. That's great, John. It really gives an insight to the benefit of the heat detection technology alongside the health benefits. And I suppose there's a number of these technologies on the markets. Previously, we heard from Michael Fagan on the Newford Demonstration Farm, how they were using new heat detection device in Athenry and were very positive results from that. I suppose since the 1st of January, John, all new cattle tags that farmers are ordering are electronic EID tags. And from July, any calves that are born will have to be tagged with EID tags. But you've been using EID tags for the past two years. What made you decide to use electronic tags? Yeah, so I suppose, again, just so people are aware of a potential conflict of interest, our company, uh, MSD Animal Health, would, would now uh, be responsible for the Altrex brand at the tag that's sold through Mullinahone. Um, and indeed, I would have always purchased my tags from Mullinahone. But we, we would have purchased EID tags for the first time, I think it was two years ago, when there started being a little bit of... Uh, information and again actually it must be worth, worth saying that msd didn't uh, own the brand at the time but uh, i purchased my uh, my tags from mullinahone did tag and it was purely on the basis of we, we knew it was coming down the line um in terms of the eid piece um but i mentioned earlier on uh, catherine in terms of trying to keep things as simple as possible and any way that we can reduce any labor input or correct animal identification for example is, is money well spent from our, from our perspective. And I suppose on, on our farm as well, um, we would often weigh quite regularly, but with, with the introduction of the beep scheme, you know, it's put more of a focus on weighing animals on farm. And, you know, once you, once you kind of start and get into the habit of weighing animals, it nearly becomes an addiction in itself that you get to see what animals are, uh, are performing or, or those that are underperforming. And Weighing animals has allowed us to maybe treat animals for, for, for worms based on their weight, for example. If there's um, a particular animal that's underperforming, do they need a treatment or do you do a fecal egg sample and send them off and get some analysis there? So it's, it's really um, weighing has allowed us to, to really optimize and maximize that performance and productivity on farm. And I think it's going to become more and more crucial for beef farmers in the future. But it's all about identifying that animal. Um, and indeed using your vaccines as well so that you're able to and we all know a tags can get very dirty Um I know for, even from uh, from the PhD and I, I give a special shout out to this guy because anyone who's been in Grange would would have come across this uh, this Grange legend would be Frank Smith and um, Frank Smith was might as well have just been working in Grange to work on my PhD identifying animals coming into the shoot because we used to blood sample animals twice a week 160 animals twice a week and Frank would identify the animal number and uh, identify the tube that that animal would be responsible for. So I, next time anyone can see Frank, they, they, they can say that they're after bringing out EID tags because they couldn't replace him in Chagas Grange. They had to bring out EID tags to, to fill his role. But, you know, there's various different um, benefits of EID, Catherine. I think that for me, in a very simple way, is that EID tags are a gateway to technology on farm. So we've talked about Senso, which is a standalone technology outside of EID. But if you have, okay, maybe not relevant to all beef farmers, but your calf feeder, your automatic calf feeder will be driven off your EID tag. Um, in, in a dairy farm, your feed to yield, for example, um, a lot of your milking parlor technology, some drafting gates will be driven off your EID gate. 
But for the beef farmer, it's very much around your recording, any management practice where you have to know the animal number. It just saves a lot of time and effort that you can have your, your EID reader, your wand reader, you can scan the animal um, and you can enter in the information into your uh, farm management software, the various different softwares that are out there. And, and really that's, that's, that's from our side, uh, Catherine. But of course, there's many different benefits outside of the farm, whether that be bringing your animals to, to the factory, um, easy reading of the animals in the mart, so on and so forth. And I think from our side, when, when we buy store lambs from time to time, I think the EID uh, would definitely be a godsend from bringing lambs to the factory because anyone who's brought lambs away knows the, the difficulties of trying to identify the correct animal number uh, on sheep. So it's uh, that's just kind of really why we would have gone with EID in the past. And now obviously this year, EID has become mandatory in, in 2022. So any tags ordered uh, from January 2022 will now have the, the EID tag and it's a white EID tag. Um, but I think that the the thing that everyone has to realize as well is to have until January or sorry July to use their current stock of tags. So I'd still have maybe 10 or 11 tags from last year. And I, I have up until July to use those tags. Um, but obviously I'll, I'll have to place my order for the, for the rest of the cows fairly soon. Looking to the year ahead, John, what new technologies can farmers expect to see come on the market? Yeah, I suppose, look, um, in, in short, for the year ahead, um, sense of beef definitely is going to be, be rolled out across a lot more farms. That we would have seen it in, in 2021. A lot of the focus um, would probably be 80, 80% dairy farmers in, interested in uh, in sense in, in terms of uh, 20% of the beef farmers will say, like an 80-20 um, from, from our side who'd be interested. And I think that, you know, a lot of people from the part-time perspective, you know, 50% of beef farmers are part-time, arguably growing. Um, and it's any technology that can help or save labor on farm and time input. You know, Ronan uh, Delaney mentioned last week that, you know, he's not on farm, on the farm looking at those animals all day long. If there's anything that can save time, um, uh, save, save money, of course, as well, and, and increase your farm performance and increase profitability, that's something that is worthwhile uh, on any particular farm. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of part-time farmers involved in, in our company and, you know, a lot of, a lot of beef farmers who will be pushing, looking for new technologies from our side to, to help that, uh, help the beef farmers, you know, is there a case of automated uh, weighing scales, for example, like we see it with the BDGP and the benefits that that's had, you know, in terms of uh, the, the, the weighing and the, um, the beef scheme in terms of the weighing. So I think, look, in the future, I look forward to seeing an automa- automated weighing scales that you're getting up-to-date information uh, from your animals live with, with, with limited input. I think that would be a huge benefit for beef farms. Thanks very much, John. We look forward to all these new technologies. Thank you very much, Catherine. Thanks for having me on. Best of luck. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to John for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss the show. For all other updates from our beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.